0: Welcome to this episode of the Record Nans podcast, where we crimp, appreciate a Nigerian worship song, hear from Emma about candles and cathedrals, and how the news is basically the end times.
1: Hello. Hello. Who Hello. are you? <laughs> I'm Jay. <laughs> I'm Patrick. I'm Mike. And who are you? I'm Emma. Emma. We've got Emma with us today. Hey. Another guest. <laughs> it's awesome. A um, female guest. I am. Yes. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> We've been trying to not be all men, but it's very hard
2: where we are all men, <laughs> literally. literally. All men.
1: Um, but it's yeah. great to have you here with us today, Emma. And um, we've got Emma. Later on, we'll be having a bit of a chat. Emma's going to share a bit of her story and journey, and um, particularly around churchmanship, um, kind of high church, low church, cardboard box kind of thing. <laughs> As usual, we we follow our very strictly liturgical structure, so um, we'll have a time of confession in a bit where we, where we share some very serious things about our lives, um, or not so serious, and we'll chat about a song um, today. What song will we talk about? It's going to be the song Waymaker. Um, you may have heard of it, because it has been doing the rounds in oh. the more... Uh, charismatic churches. Spoilers. Spoilers. Yeah, but we'll get to that. Um, after we've had a chance to uh, think about a song, we'll talk. We'll we'll have Emma share with us. Have a um, chance just to think about a few of the issues through there. Um, we'll talk about the news and how we might pray into things that are going on at the moment. And we will finish, uh, sum up what we're doing and. Dismiss ourselves and you if you are listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> you can <laughs> go back to your life. <laughs> um, so, welcome. Thanks for listening and making it to episode seven
2: Woo! of Recording This the is
1: the perfect episode, the number. It is. Seven. It's completed. Completed. The complete. In some yes. ways, maybe we should just stop now. Yeah. Yeah, after this. It represents completion. Exactly. Um, so, shall we move straight on? Shall we confess? Yeah, we should. Does anyone want to kick we us confess. off? confess. I, um, I, I could go, go first uh, since I'm going. Mine's a simple one. Um, I love doing recording hands. Um, I love chatting to you guys, and it's a heartfelt moment wow. for me. I feel like we're about to get the, the other side of the part, <laughs> isn't there? I way. also love Hebrew, <laughs> but this morning I've chosen not to go to my Hebrew class. I <gasps> know. Anyway, I'm very much hoping that. Uh, my Hebrew lecturer does not listen to this podcast. That's yes, fair I worth podcast. I <laughs> <worth> <laughs> <say>. <laughs> Yeah. I didn't lie about where I was. That's true. But I didn't reveal the truth about where I was either. <laughs> you acknowledged that you hadn't actually done the prep. I did. That's right. Yeah. It and He wouldn't, you wouldn't been... want you there anyway. No, exactly. You'd be useless in that room. Yeah. <laughs> Hot. Yeah. Hot. Fair. Anyways, that's me. What about you guys? Uh, Emma, do you want to? You got a confession? Yeah.
3: My confession is that. The college kitchen have me down as vegetarian, but I'm not actually a vegetarian. I'm just very fussy about my food. <laughs> so I'd rather be given vegetables than meat.
0: That's
1: right.
2: <laughs> fair enough. A of, uh, I like a that. Of a huge.
0: But then you get a little bit disappointed. The other day, literally the other day, as in yesterday, the vegetarian option
4: was just I'm not sure what it was.
3: It's mushrooms in gravy with brown lentils.
0: Is
4: that what it was? Mm. Mm. People think mushrooms is meat, don't they? Yeah. Basically. Yeah. It's really
1: Possibly. not that I can yeah. confirm no. as a vegetarian. Yeah.
3: It's not. Well that's the thing. The confession deepens because sometimes I do eat meat at college. Oh things know of the cows. I'm one of those.
1: I have eaten meat at college, Forgive And I am me, actually Lord. a vegetarian. Yeah. Am I li- only on I'm, a number only on a few occasions. I, I I'm not a vegetarian. Oh <sighs>
0: okay, so <laughs> That's you're, at, <laughs> you're you're actually that's not a vegetarian. You're actually the only confession. normal person and on I this actually podcast. I'm a vegetarian. Yeah. Now yeah. But people like you made me want to be a vegetarian, and now mm-hmm. you just don't even care about the animals. <laughs> I'm actually, i do care. think of the art. I do care. It was saved just, for a reason.
1: If there's leftovers, not for lunch. If there's leftovers, that's when I have it, because if they're going to chuck it away, mm. I don't more know. ethical. Oh, and their yeah, meat
3: is ethically sourced. If it's you're going to eat meat anyway, I'm justifying now.
1: Here is the place
4: to do it. <laughs> mm. yeah. Wherever we are, it's true. Um, my confession, moving on, is not that I'm not a vegetarian, although that could be a could be a confession my confession is that I've come to the realisation that I have probably committed to memory more of the uh, TV and radio comedy series (laughs) The Mighty Boosh than I have the words of life themselves that are contained in the Bible so um, maybe I should remedy that but maybe if the Bible was set to like a jaunty little fun tune I'd, I'd remember more of it you, just,
0: I'm with you.
4: I, it was my confession today too. In yeah. fact, I feel like you've <laughs>
0: stolen my confession. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Damn prep talk. <laughs> but I love Mighty Boosh still, even though it's like ten years old. It's it's probably older than that. It probably even.
1: is actually because we're older than I think we are. Given I'm always that you guys apparently me. know so much Mighty Boosh mm. off by heart, do you, do you want to give us a little? Can r- have a
3: quote, please. It's quite
1: hard. A rendition it's quite hard piece. not to
0: to just go into it. You just kind of if, if you I just said remember, to you Jay,
1: the word soup. Soup,
4: a tasty soup, soup, soup. a spicy <laughs> carrot and coriander, chili chowder, crouton, crouton, crunchy friends in a liquid broth. I am like
0: a oh, I am a summer like soup,
4: a Ooh, Pini miso, Pini miso, Pini. miso, fighting in the dojo, miso, miso, <laughs> miso, miso <laughs> Oriental prince in the land of soup. I mean, what would happen if you I just said You just would soup have to, to do it. it. <laughs> you would. <laughs> you
0: would not be able to avoid it. No.
4: But <laughs> if I said to you, don't do it, don't do it. I won't. I won't. We will leave old Greg alone, okay? <laughs> old Greg needs to stay with his Bailey's in the shoe. It's okay. too, it's the wrong side of the line. I'm I'm missing Hebrew for this
2: guy, <laughs> you are welcome.
1: <laughs> the actual words of life themselves. <laughs> oh, that was um, awesome. So next we can do a theology version. Theology crimp. Should we try it? That'd should be
4: funny. Crimp. That's what this is that theology slam competition, isn't oh, there? We should oh. say just do a crimp. Yes. Do we should crimp. do a four-way crimp yeah. on the ontological change.
3: <laughs> or jaunty bible will be your other podcast
1: <laughs> yeah, jaunty, jaunty bible. bible we could start recording the bible as in crimps. in crimps it would take a while but i
0: feel like it'd be like the street bible where it has a, like no accuracy left <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: all right good so you guys had the same confession so we're it's done corporate we? confession yeah
0: well done all right true anglicans let's move on let's move on Okay, great. Well, we're going to talk about a song now. And today we're going to talk about the song Waymaker, which according to Google, we've done our research, is by Leland.
4: Yeah. And what do we say to that, people? It's not true. It's a lie. Ah. It's a lie. Leland. It's a
2: lie It's a lie-land. <laughs> it's a lie-land.
0: <laughs> it is not by Leland. It is a, a song by a lady called Osinachi Joseph. Ni Kalu. It's that. Totally not reading that off my <laughs> phone. Um, Where's she from, Jay? Well, do you know what? She is actually a Nigerian-born gospel music singer. Amazing. She's a songwriter and senior worship leader of Love World. Mm. I have no idea what that is. Um, But she is actually really famous, especially in the gospel world. And Waymaker's her latest um, sort of becoming well-known in the West song. Um, But interestingly, it was written in 2015. Mm. So it's older than you might think. It's older than you might think. And before, quote-unquote, it... Got popularized by Leland. It had already had a hundred million
1: views on YouTube. That's a lot mm. of views. That's it's a lot of people singing
4: Waymaker on this podcast.
1: Mm. Nearly as close. close. So close. Leland have essentially made it famous in the Western world. And by
0: West, we basically mean America, America. which then means UK because apparently it's we are the same. It's not
1: now. really. I think we're we're ahead of the game here. I don't think it's been. Much around the UK, yeah, no, Mm. but we did have it in our chapel service a few weeks ago. We did, led by our Baptist Baptist friends, friends who were visiting. Mm. So uh, very ahead of the game we are for the Baptists, especially. (laughs) (laughs) I don't mean that. I do mean that. that Do I mean that? (laughs) Uh,
0: We love, we love everyone who follows the Lord. Um, Yes, so we're going to talk about this song. I I just love the fact that yeah, we're actually talking about. I've realised. Every song we've chosen so far has either been like you know a hymn, which was written ages ago, which means it was written by a white man, yeah. or it was written not that long ago, possibly by a white man uh, who is likely American. Yeah. So actually, we're breaking our um, our own our own uh, rhythm here by going wider field in the world of Christians, and this is for me a great song. I like it. I find it hard to be critical of it.
2: Mm-hmm
1: nevertheless <laughs>
2: however mm. that is what we, we, we try. do
1: <laughs> episode one you said attack attack was yeah. <laughs> my words we really haven't done much attack have we We've no just been
2: fairly
3: allow me to chip in go for it as everyone. we said there jay about um it being lots of songs by white people white men especially we were talking before we started recording about how actually it's an interesting instance of what you might call whitewashing here, where we are aware of the song and lots of people in the West, America being a kind of funny one there, because America is obviously a very mixed nation, as Mm. is this nation. Um, We are aware of it more so because white recording artists have publicized it, but it was very, very famous before that, having Mm. been recorded by a black woman, Mm. not of Western origin. Mm. Disgust.
0: Yes. (laughs) <laughs> yes, and in fact, let's be honest here, who knew this lady before this song? 100 million people. Yeah. Yeah. Of which, yeah. Of which I'm not sure how many of our many, many, many viewers would be able to say that they knew of this song I, from it's, its original artist.
4: I, I mean, it's a kind of confession, but genuinely, before you uh, informed me, I genuinely did think it was Leland.
0: Yeah. Where we go. Google lies to us all the time and yeah. we just don't realise it. You know, she's so, she is so famous, right, that she is in the Bethlehem Hall of Fame. Yes. What
1: is the Bethlehem Hall of Fame? That uh, is a
0: great question.
1: <laughs> Started with
0: Jesus. <laughs> that didn't come up <laughs> on my Google search. But this time, I hope they didn't lie to yeah. me. It's no, pretty I, good. I didn't day. use Google for good. this, I, I use Wikipedia. Yeah. Some um, for your research later, <laughs> listeners. Yes. But she's there with Dwayne, Dwayne Johnson. Mm. Dwayne
1: the Rock, the Rock, amazing. What is he doing? What is he doing in the (laughs) (laughs) Hall of Fame? It's probably from his
3: gospel years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: (laughs) No, but you're right, Emma. It's a, it's like an interesting thing we don't often think about. I think in our churches, we sing a lot of the same songs, particularly in like charismatic Mm. churches. These songs go round, and where do they come from? It's not like mostly they just sort of spring up from Mm. nowhere. Yeah, it's through recording companies yeah. it's through yeah. the the worship music industry mm. which is just such a weird concept mm. um, and you don't realize how much of our like our worship life in in these kinds of churches is actually driven sort of subconsciously without us knowing by by mm. capitalism by yeah. an industry which is which is based on exactly the system it's it's like a copy of the music industry in the world and from what i've read about it it's not much better in the way Mm. it runs in the way it treats its artists in the way it um uses uses this material so like you were saying it's kind of been appropriated for a white audience so that uh i assume a record label can make loads of money out of it in the states even though it's written by
2: yeah. And, and a lot of a, the, a lot
4: of the Christian record labels actually are just like subsidiaries of the mainstream Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Know, big music groups. Yes. So and the awards
0: like the Dove Awards, which is a Christian award, isn't yeah. it? That's that's like connected to is it the Grammys or It's an it's yeah. an American award system but it's connected to it yeah. like one of the big ones. Yeah. 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 And so yeah. They, they give out all these awards and then they randomly mm. get Matt Redman up again. Oh, Matt Redman's getting a bit a uh, Last <laughs> I week it. I made a comment <laughs> about Matt. Sorry, Matt. I like I like, I like Matt Redman. Yeah. I think good guy. Yeah, he's a good guy. I don't know him personally, but <laughs> I've seen him make mistakes while leading worship. So I feel like he's a <laughs> like human. human. Yeah. And I yeah. like that. Whereas I think it can be don't quite polished it's... sometimes.
4: Yeah.
3: It also occurs to me that some of you guys are doing a charismatic module at the moment, learning mm. about the difference between Pentecostal and charismatic. And actually, what we're seeing in some of these instances of re-recordings is a song taken from the Pentecostal church movement mm-hmm. and rewritten, re- oh, not rewritten, sorry, re-recorded for the charismatic church. Yeah, mm-hmm.
4: interesting.
3: And that's that's an interesting one. Yeah. Why is there need for that? Why does that happen? Probably we, people
4: we were struggle with syncopation quite a lot in this. <laughs> <laughs> they need to just like straighten out the beat. Wait, make make it make simple. Make simple. Make <laughs> yeah.
1: We were talking about this actually in, in our class the other day. Uh, there's, there's kind of two sides to that coin. That the, the Pentecostal movement and the Charismatic movement have made um, the church more, in some ways, more universal. In that mm. we share, and, and I guess that comes partly with techni- technological mm. advances yeah, yeah, yeah. and stuff, we share songs right around the world. We're singing mm. some of the same songs, like in the, the back of nowhere mm. um, or in every continent. The um, same songs that we're singing in church mm, mm. here, and in, there's some ways which I'm like, yes, that's that's really cool. It's like brought this, this w- like Uniformity. Pentecostalism is a is a worldwide movement mm. that's everywhere. Mm. But then with it is that is that whole like um, capitalism behind it yeah. consumerism. And, and also you can get a, you, you, you get a blandness, so although we are so we, this is awesome. this is a song that's come from Nigeria, and, and we're getting to participate in it. but actually we're also westernizing it mm-hmm. and, um, and probably a lot more happens the other way around where we're like yeah. pushing these songs through the music industry around the world. Yeah, the Who's controlling that movement? Yeah. Is, it, is it a capitalist system or is it actually like the Holy Spirit? Or some mix of the two yeah
3: and what a weird thing that people are making money off of something which is causing people to worship
4: yeah <laughs> that's yeah strange it's i mean it sounds Heston. like people in the temple courts
2: doesn't
0: mm. it a little bit yeah we where... making money on the sacrifice yeah yeah, yeah that's mm. interesting but so let's let's unpack the song we have some great lines you know moving in our mist and then the individual but i w- i worship you So you have the hour and the eye that comes up in the first verse. He's working in this place, um, miracle worker. Touching every heart, healing every heart. It's a lot of um, feely feely stuff, emotional um, orientated language.
1: I think there's some really powerful lyrics in this song, and you can take them in a really good way as kind of declarations of what God is doing. Mm. But... um, but when you sing these kind of lyrics in the church space, in the moment of being in church, there's also, when you sing lyrics like, God is moving here, he's He's touching every heart, all of that kind of feely stuff, you also... Um, you you can make it feel like it's all about that emotional mm. connection, that yeah. sense of feeling God's presence yeah. right now in the in this service. It's about yeah. now, this moment now, and that a lot of charismaticism and Pentecostalism is about that. Yeah. I think there's something there's something good and powerful yeah. in that, but but you're right, it also brings a danger of the kind of alienation of like, mm. well, today I'm not feeling it, um, mm. or I'm new here and I don't know what this even means to to feel. Mm. God's presence—what does that even mm. even mean to us? But I think I think actually these are declarations like God is here, He's with us, yeah, yeah, He's yeah. moving, mm. He's doing stuff, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and whether we're feeling it or not, God is healing people, God is touching people, yeah. and God is at work. And I think that's the sense they're trying to make um, as a kind of declaration. Yeah. But it's also alienating, mm. and yeah. and can feel like you're just tapping into that sort of emotionalism. Mm, um, yeah. at the same time yeah. I like how it goes f- it goes from that into the, the chorus which is just again just these declarations about who God is yeah. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. this is it's not about us feeling God is the waymaker. God is miracle work this mm. is this is who he is yeah. not about us feeling it it's who God is it's,
0: let's go with those um, those declarations though Waymaker, miracle worker promise keeper light in the darkness my God that is who you are they are great declarations yeah, yeah. but Sometimes I think that like we lack enough clarity when we have simple lines. So, so when you hear so, whenever we hear words like we know the sign and yeah. signify stuff. It's for pheno- our phenomenological experience of words, right? That, was, that Boom. is a word. When <laughs> I said it without stuttering. <laughs> yeah. Good job. Um, our experience of that word yeah. is is different. You know, when yeah. you hear promise keeper, do you immediately think of some sort of like? the absolute covenant relationship of God, mm. that he will, I mean, in of the, regardless of everything, regardless of your life could be terrible, mm. your whole life, you know, you could be a, a slave in the middle of the Philippines, you yeah. know, um, completely forgotten by pretty much everyone in the world. And yet God's promise is still true yeah. to you. Um, are you. Are we thinking that kind of promise, the covenant redemption at the end of all things that God redeems? And then that's sort of a safe catch-all. Well, are we actually thinking about those things that we want God to do? Mm.
2: Yeah. And that we th- mm. think
0: God has promised us that maybe we have a little bit of justification, uh, justification from scripture. Um, is it, do, do you know what I mean? I like think that's sometimes... where our
4: relationship with scripture becomes so important. That mm. if, we, if we hold these songs and their theology more highly than we hold our theology that mm. we're getting from scripture, then it starts getting really fuzzy around the edges doesn't it mm. and we we can end up thinking you know what does it mean for god to be a waymaker? does it mean that he makes everything in my life easy yeah. is that what waymaker means if we don't look at scripture maybe that is what waymaker means that that god will make a way but actually if we look at scripture it although we can assert that god will make a way that way isn't always going to be straightforward it's not always going to be easy but that doesn't mean that god isn't making a way um so i think sometimes If we, and I think often actually in in churches um, that have a kind of high theology of like song worship, Mm. um, maybe it does push out some of the scriptural stuff and the theology of scripture and uh, where we sort of situate stuff because it's, yeah, necessarily kind of, we're limited. We can't do everything at all times. So if we elevate one thing, we sort of inevitably seem to de-elevate the other thing. But I think it's really important that we situate this alongside scriptural truth. Yeah. And and that would
0: be such an encouraging thing to to see in church, Though, although it would look really negative I think for some people to see people pull out their phones, if they know their Bible's better, that'd be even easier. But to be like, okay, we're singing this song, I don't know, I don't know it yet, but actually if it's new to you, to be like, hold on, what what am I singing? And do, um, not do I want to sing this now, as if like I have to be okay with it before I sing it, because actually, sometimes worship it is about singing the songs that we may not be feeling, mm. ironically, yeah, based on the songs line, um, but we want to declare truth about God. Yeah, I'm just thinking of friends at the moment who, you know they're in a really bad place and they've you know they've they've been in hospital really, you know, they're they're in a hard place right now and. they have been encouraged by worship songs, but worship songs that haven't been super upbeat, you know, worship songs. And they're going to go to church on a Sunday, carrying all that stuff. Mm. And yeah, I think we go back to that quite a lot, don't we, this idea of, can we in our worship, do our worship songs really convey what the community who is singing it um, is feeling? And can those songs, I don't know, can Waymaker a song, as great as it is, can it carry everyone or is it, it need to be in a sandwich? You know, do yeah. we need to have other songs around it that maybe...
4: Yeah.
0: Yeah, a little bit less feely. Probably. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're For talking, sure. the reason I say that though is the heart bit, right? Yeah. You, know, yeah. you will wipe away, so I'm not being random here, I'm losing no. the lyrics. No, no, no. You'll wipe away all tears. I believe that resurre- uh, you know resurrection, it's Revelation, Revelation yep. twenty one. Yeah. That is true. No more any sea. No more mountains of, tea, of tears. No more sin. No more injustice. No more brokenness.
4: But that's the like eschatological vision, isn't it? Yeah. That's not saying nobody is going to be sad.
0: Man. Yeah. No. And we've made that when we've heard that line, we then just made that connection. And sure, a lot of people will. But does everyone, when they're in tears at that point, when they've made it to church and they, you know, yeah. they got depression or there? Um, you know, the majority of, of the church is broken, right? If you yeah. think you're at church, you're not broken, and um, probably just spend a bit of time thinking about your life, and you'll realize that you're carrying something, um, that's why we need Jesus. And and that's what they declare, you mend the broken heart, Well, we believe in that, you, you do mend broken hearts, you are, the, you are the answer to it all, yeah, yeah. And so we're going to sing this upbeat song, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to be with you in that. Mm. Um, Or do we sing this and we allow people in? they have that space to to struggle through that, but we make sure that we also sing or our liturgies hold the other space?
2: Yeah. I
3: think also this will come into what we talk about later with church tradition. There is definitely a time and a place, I I would argue, for being covered by the worship of others Mm. when you are in a place that's hurting. Wow. And looking at this and it being a defiant song, it being a victorious song, you can go two ways. You can say, if I'm hurting and you're singing that, mm-hmm. it makes me feel alienated. But it might be that if I'm hurting and you're singing that, I can't sing it. Yeah. But it's that communion of saints mm. and yeah. your worship is the worship I want to give and I don't mm. have the strength to. Mm. Yeah. And it's a proclamation over Good. me to God.
1: Yeah. Well, this is what I, I really love, the, the bridge of this song, yeah. which says... Um, even when I don't see it you're working mm, and yeah. Um, yeah. when I don't feel it you're working, yeah. you, nice never working yeah, yeah, yeah. you never yeah. stop working you never stop working and it's I and mean, you know, we were talking about that uh, that kind of um, is this song all about feeling but then actually it turns yeah. to this yeah. even when I don't feel it even when I don't see it you're working you're yeah. working you're working um, which I think goes more with what you were saying Emma the sort of if you're in that difficult place, it's it's actually maybe having other people just sing that and declare that, like yeah. God is at work, God is moving, yeah. um, even when when it doesn't look like it. Yeah, um, and that I think is a, is a powerful picture.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah, and it, that needs to be in the song, doesn't it? That that actually helps yeah. balance out. victory side of it.
1: Mm -hmm. I always sound like a bit of a Dobby Downer, don't I? Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I've had people ask about that, um, I don't know what you guys think about this, that it it is a line that says, you never stop working, you never stop working, (laughs) and kind of squaring that with the whole uh, Sabbath rest thing, God rested on the seventh day. Um, Does God rest? Like, what what does that look like? Maybe
4: because God is God, he can be at work in rest. Like, rest is part of is working mm. like in us. He doesn't stop working. I wish in the that world. was true. Stop, stop working in in <laughs> our. I haven't lives. got up yet. I'm working.
0: I'm, I'm
2: just <laughs> really
1: busy. I never stop working. is
0: fundamental.
2: I never yeah. stop working. Yeah, yeah. Even when
1: I'm sleeping, I'm working. Yeah, yeah. I never Even stop working. But there was something about <laughs> like true, right? um, <laughs> something right
4: you know Jesus in his humanity and godness um, was always working. Like he worked on the Sabbath. He did in John, uh, where was it? I can't remember. John 5, I think? Uh, ah, yeah. maybe, maybe. John 5. Um, but he he also took times of rest, didn't he? Um, so, but was his work stopped when he was resting? Mm. Or was it continuing when he was resting? Mm. Maybe there's something about us reconciling our understanding
0: of what work means, with what yeah. God means. Yeah. That would be good, wouldn't it? Because mm. so many people are busy. Yeah. And they hear that and maybe... I think god's busy yeah my worry is with that line here my worry is um that that sort of does perpetuate an expectation on us you know be christ-like we never stop working we just hang yeah. it on sunday
4: yeah i've got to keep going <laughs> never stop
0: whereas the sabbath was made for us yes the sabbath was god's way of blessing us and to do church mm, to go to church and be really tired Well, we, we do a different Sabbath <laughs> do a different day, <laughs> and actually it's, yeah that's, a, that's another that's a topic for another day is Sunday a Sabbath for church people? no
4: <laughs> how many roads <laughs> Not are people?
0: No, it lost. can be a lot of
4: churches it can be
0: yeah maybe for more consumeristic church friends who kind of just come and go and don't actually plug in we love you <laughs> but thanks for making 20% of your congregation do 8% of the work. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's definitely true.
0: Yeah. And what is the work? So my father, so that John Fives, my father is always at work his very day. And I too am working. But he's talking about healing. He's talking yeah. about freeing people. He's talking about, you know, transforming lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is a little bit different to doing administration. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah. Um, al- although I'm yourself. very happy that hospitals are open on Sundays Yeah I mean yeah. I mean that's kind of sure. important That is technically still healing people <laughs> you right <laughs> Transforming lives So maybe as long as your work's doing those things You can just never stop working Yeah I'm very aware that our time is limited So yeah. we um, Just because you guys obviously don't want to hear us for too long <laughs> um, So do we like this song? I like this song Do we, like this, do song. we like this song? Yeah, yeah. I like yeah. this song And I like this song good so let's carry on singing. we like it. a lot oh. of songs don't we we do we need to find Nearly what
1: we all actually songs. don't like yeah. just to give people a bit of variation we did that one week but we picked a hymn so I feel like we were just being <laughs>
0: oh yeah <laughs> true because we were told that we needed to do more hymns because that's apparently what Anglicans have yeah. to do for now let's pick another let's pick a hymn next week and then let's not like it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's find one where
4: there's no excuse yeah.
2: but this all one's right.
4: in
0: Same it too. is it's
2: in
4: So uh, we're really pleased to have our friend Emma uh, joining us today Hi. on the podcast. Uh, and Emma's going to talk to us a little bit about her um, her journey of spirituality, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so there has been a journey, hasn't there? So do you, yeah, want, do you want to really tell us has. a little bit about maybe where that started? And
3: Yeah, so churchmanship's been a bit of a journey. I'm obviously now training in uh an institution to be an Anglican priest in the Church of England um, I was brought up in a Brethren Church. Woo. For those people, exactly, <laughs> that know a bit about Brethren Church, uh, you get open and closed um, and it's basically more rules in a closed Brethren. We were open Brethren but that meant that until the age of about 13 I'd never seen a woman preach, lead worship, um, They mostly made tea and looked after children and wore hats, always wore hats. Mm. Um, Yeah. And then, so that was.
4: So that's just sort of your roots. Yeah,
3: them's the roots. Uh, (laughs) Real real love of the word, real love of the Bible. Um, But I would say my family uh, discovered the Holy Spirit when I was a teenager. So that church, like many brethren churches, um, it was dying out quite an older population in the church Mm -hmm. and we amalgamated which means we mixed with uh, a local church that we were told at the time is really similar they were not really similar
2: Uh, (laughs) they were charismatic evangelicals
3: so we literally there's this season of about a year where we had hymn books and tambourines and we had like (laughs) now turn to this page number uh, and, and then just spontaneous people praying in tongues and I had no framework for that. I was not taught that that even existed as a child um, and I was thinking about telling this story. I was thinking through little snapshots and I have this vivid memory of being about 13, obviously a teenager, very awkward. I'm sat at the back because that's the cool place to be mm-hmm. and we're singing a hymn and I turn around and to my horror, there is a man. Dancing at the back of the church. (laughs) I think he's got shoes on and he's just like going for it. And this weird dual reaction in me where I'm both horrified because he's dancing in a room where no one else is dancing and he's a man and men are not supposed to do that. And then this secondary feeling, which is like, that's badass. That guy does (laughs) not care. He is going for it. I want to not care like that but oh it's so embarrassing um, so that was yeah that church that's a
4: moment, it was that a is. moment it
3: was um, and then fast forward a few years and my family ended up in an evangelical charismatic church and I still don't have the language for that and I don't know what it looks like I don't know the Holy Spirit as a, as a being, as an experience, as a presence um, and we ended up at a conference, I'm fourteen at this time and uh, every we've just talked about a song, a worship song, and, and every time in this conference that sung worship happened, my hands started moving. And I always describe it to people as like holy jazz hands. <laughs> because it really was just like a twist at the wrists. And I am quite a composed person and I kept looking down at my hands and be like, what is this? Why am I making them do that? And then I'd still them and keep singing and they just keep going and this went on for a week and I was like this is so embarrassing I'm still a teenager so embarrassment is a big thing um and we get to the end of the week and we're in a a meeting at the conference and I've got a friend next to me and um my at this point we're singing and my hands are shaking and the shaking is so severe that it's gone up to my elbow to, up to my elbows up to my shoulders and my shoulders are like dipping up to my, up to my ears <laughs> you got a and my i my whole body <laughs> is is vibrating and i'm like what is this this is so embarrassing oh god just make it stop <laughs> and my friend very wisely just leans over puts his hand on my shoulder and says would you like me to pray for you <laughs> And I was a bit defeated by it at this point, And I was like, it might make it stop. So yes, yes, pray. And all I remember is he prayed, Father God, will you fill her from the top of her head to the tips of her toes? And, and we're in confined lines. It's conference. And then I just collapse, <laughs> which I now know to be in the spirit. Yeah. And all I hear as I go is, move the chairs, move the chairs. It's <laughs> quite condensed. I then come to, I'm laying out on the floor, And I can hear a language I haven't learned and don't understand coming from my mouth. Mm. Um, A bit of context to that, which I won't go into in detail, is at the time I had severe depression Mm. and uh, it lifted in Mm -hmm. that moment and Mm. I was suicidal and had no sense of hope going into that place. And I was only at the conference because they dragged me along
2: Mm.
3: and that was it was very much a turning point in my life where Mm. I had plans to go in a bad direction, had something not changed yeah, well, and wow. one of our lecturers here at college says i'm charismatic and i didn't choose it it chose me mm. Mm. and that was very much my experience in that moment i didn't know what was happening to me all i knew i, I didn't know it was the holy spirit i didn't have language for it some people call it a baptism in the spirit all i knew is that i went down, I fell down with a sense of death and no sense of a future, and I got back up full of hope and future, and I had a vision for what was ahead. Wow, I had a passion for prayer. I could speak in tongues, and my life was honestly changed.
4: Wow, that's, awesome. that's amazing.
3: So that was massive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. yeah, thanks
4: for that. It's yeah.
3: Incredible. Fast forward a few more years, I end up in the Church of England. Um, fast forward a few more years, and I'm training to be a priest in the Church of England.
0: Yeah, come
2: on.
3: The the important bit to mention on the end of that actually, why we're talking today, um, is that so I became charismatic, I was touched by the Holy Spirit, um, came to love the things of the Spirit in worship. And um, when I was 23, I was in this huge evangelical charismatic church, gorgeous worship, just full of the Spirit, just all the fruits of God at work, and it was amazing. And my father got diagnosed with terminal cancer. And as these things do, it, it changed my life. It changed everything, and it it shook shook me. And something really unexpected happened. And I discovered in I was exploring priesthood alongside that. And I part of that is you visit different churches. And in that moment, I encountering cancer and a terminal diagnosis. I Felt suddenly not at home, Mm. not at peace in this church that had been my home for so long. And suddenly the volume and the unpredictability and the kids running around everywhere and the not quite knowing what the Spirit's going to do, when the singing's going to end, not quite knowing what bit we're going to say next. It wasn't a peaceful experience. It became frightening Mm. and unpeaceful. And I found it really difficult to be there. Mm. And so... um, I ended up going, trying an Anglo-Catholic church, going to Mass on a Sunday morning. Um, I was really blessed that there's one nearby and I grew up with a narrative that said uh, Catholics aren't Christians Mm. and uh, they have no space for the Holy Spirit because it's not on the hymn sheet and everything's planned out, that's what (laughs) I was told as a kid. Uh, And I went and I, I happened to end up there on Easter day and they sung the Alleluia chorus and there was incense and beautiful music and it moved me to tears Mm. and the structure brought peace to my soul and it was a little bit like we talked about earlier about Mm. people worshipping for you and you being carried by the worship of others Mm. Uh, in that moment in that season as my father's life ebbed away I found life and vibrancy of faith in that Environment.
4: Amazing. Wow. So
3: that's a bit of my story. Yes.
4: That's so wow. Cool. So, that's your experience has been that, like, in spite of or against maybe some of your experience growing up, um, some of your different experiences, God has continually surprised you yes. with where He's shown up. <laughs> that maybe we, as Christians of any kind of uh, inclination, try and imagine that our way is where god is going to be yeah and then god shows us that he isn't confined by our tradition yeah um isn't confined by our denomination um and and will work um when we allow him to wherever we happen to find ourselves. so maybe you could tell us a little bit about where you're Worshipping now, mm. how that came to be, um, yes. mm. and how you see God um, in that place. Because that's quite, your, your placement is quite different to um, all of ours. To all of ours. <laughs> <laughs> all of yeah. ours. Yeah. Probably most people, to be honest. And also quite different to the places maybe that you've worshipped before.
3: Yep, absolutely. So um, Anglican training is about breadth about experiencing the beautiful variety of the Church of England, and so I'm currently worshipping at a cathedral, mm. uh, which is um, has an Anglo-Catholic slant, though it isn't um, the epitome of Anglo-Catholicism, so we might talk about it later. There are certain very high Anglo-Catholic practices which are, as it were, the liminal, they're the line, you said it's about the line between um, boosh and,
4: and
2: they're <laughs> appropriate they're not appropriate and there's a line it's there's
3: also
4: that line in Anglo-Catholicism yeah there is, there, is there's a right
3: line is. that is between Anglo-Catholicism and Catholicism mm. and um, this church doesn't go over the line interesting it doesn't go right up to it the line It stays on the Anglo yeah. side yeah it does it okay. does yeah so I worship in a cathedral I, I learn there it's beautiful I describe it to people as being like My being there is like being in a foreign country, trying to learn the language. Mm. Um, And in the Bible, we see a lot about exile. I'm certainly not exiled there. Praise the Lord. Um, (laughs) But I am in a foreign land. And it's this really weird experience where people will say things um, like do we need a logilium for that and where's it going to be? A what? And I'm like, who's Jillian?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a made-up word. Yeah, right? it's not. It They're doing it to trick you, aren't they? I know, I know. <laughs> a yeah.
3: yeah, so a logilium, for our listeners and for the benefit of my esteemed colleagues, is, is uh, a... Um,
2: exactly. Is a stand. <laughs>
3: <isn't it? laughs> is a made-up word. No, a logilium is um, the stand. It's like a temporary pulpit. So it's um, like a stand on an angle with a fabric bit over the top that you can rest a book on to read it,
0: uh, like a music stand.
3: Kind no, it's like It's
0: special, Yeah, it's a holy music stand. Yeah, so I,
1: when I because I, I did a placement at this um, cathedral as well, and yeah. what I one of the jobs that you had to do as um, when deaconing in the service is be the music stand yeah well not music yeah, stand yeah. liturgy be stand. so you, you be legilium. yeah <laughs> Channel I was logilium yeah and then um, and just stand there and like hold the book uh-huh. so the, the, the president can like read it because they don't have a stand up yeah when they're doing the Eucharist when they're reading the gospel yeah. and that sort of thing so. the president is the person presiding at the it service She yeah. you didn't hold it for not
2: the president Trump. of yeah. the United States
1: <laughs> he was not in dying. our cathedral <laughs>
4: yeah
1: he
0: might do he's he might great do. Loves, he loves Christians he knows them all yeah he knows every Christian yeah
4: so you, Emma, you, moving on, um, you <laughs> spoke about the sort of the feeling of like being in a foreign country yeah. and learning the language. Um, my experience of being in a foreign country and not knowing the language <laughs> sometimes has meant that I've ordered things on menus that turn out to be um, disgusting or <laughs> delicious. Um, can you give us some of maybe that kind of experience? What yes. What has been some of the stuff that you have just found like, Delicious. Delicious Yeah, in the cathedral. And some of the stuff that you've just thought, that's not for me, thanks. Yeah,
3: much. for sure. Um, I'm quite a visual person. I've mm-hmm. got a background in art. Mm. And um, I've been so surprised at the way God has spoken to me through the building, mm. through the stained glass, through being in a structure that those who've gone before me laboured in love and in an act of worship to create.
2: Mm.
3: I love that. Um, the Bible talks about if we don't praise, the rocks will cry out. Mm. And there is something of the fact that the stones of the cathedral cry out. Yeah, mm. That's complex, because in our particular building, we have a history of slavery as well. Mm. So there are mm. people depicted in the fabric of the building that we'd rather not be there. Um, and I can talk about that later, possibly, if it comes up. But it's an interesting one.
4: Yeah, Attention But
3: I've totally met God through the fabric of the building. Um, I also love music. And there is something so beautiful about things being done well mm, and yeah. very passionate about worship to God being him us giving him our very best
2: mm.
3: and there is something about being in the worship at a cathedral several from what I've experienced where it is done very well yeah. and that is giving God the utmost mm. Um, and I love that and that speaks to my soul um, I often have this kind of unquantifiable sensation where um, you'll walk through the choir and you'll have choir singers on your left and your right you're walking to the high altar and you're just surrounded by this you're encased in this beautiful music and often have this sense of gosh this is what heaven's going to be like when you look at revelation and you hear about the saints around the throne singing and this holy cacophony And it feels a bit like that sometimes, it does. Mm, Um,
1: No guitars or drums That's the thing,
3: yeah. (laughs) No guitars or drums. I mean, maybe there will be, but.
1: Yeah, I'm hoping
0: it's a metaphor. (laughs) (laughs) So
3: being someone that loves music, I am both for people being empowered to worship Mm. and it breaks my heart when worship is done badly or people don't care. Mm. Mm. And so actually that's one real contrast um, that I've seen, not to all evangelical churches, obviously, but to some.
4: But the kind of preparation and care mm. and attention that's given to every tiny detail yeah. is a real craft, isn't it? It and, is. Um, you know, even the things that people don't see in the worship in in the cathedral, even things that um, are so minute that you know they're not they're not going to be noticeable to a congregation, they're not going to be noticeable to, e- to anybody, mm. um, are just done with such precision yeah, um, that they're only done really for the glory of God. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I suppose, I suppose maybe the tension of that is um, sometimes in the ritual, in the kind of um, making sure everything is just so, um, do you ever find that, that that's distracting, that it can be so wonderful and so perfect, and everybody's Mm. so intent on getting it just right, that you sort of, I don't know, I'm not saying this does happen, but there's a risk that you could just miss God. You could just think, what beautiful music, what an amazing building, um, and just stop there.
3: Definitely. I think that's definitely a risk. And yet it's a risk we we sort of have to take, I think. Um, I heard a sermon a few years ago in which the preacher said it is, god's job to be fruitful it is my job to be faithful Mm. and it stuck with me and it's something that i think we unwittingly model at the cathedral whereby we are just faithful to what we believe god has called us to do and we trust that he will bring fruit from that um and we have places where people can leave prayers and people can come and ask for prayer in a service for healing and they can engage in in however they would like to but ultimately only God can can stir a heart to do that.
4: I think that's um, a really interesting um, sort of way of chilling out a little bit (laughs) about stuff, actually. I think sometimes in the evangelical or more evangelical sort of ends of the church, we sort of think it's God's job to be faithful and our job to be fruitful, Mm. and that we get quite anxious um, often about church growth, about personal growth, spiritual growth in people's yeah. lives. And maybe it's maybe it's okay to be concerned about those things, um, but I think sometimes it can be um, kind of self-defeating if we become uh, too anxious about those things and believe it's our job as church leaders um, to create results somehow. Yeah. Um, and maybe in the um, more sort of Anglo-Catholic uh, churchmanship, there's a, a, a greater awareness of just Doing things faithfully and God will bring the fruit. Mm. Mm.
3: Um, I couldn't say if there is more of a sense of that than evangelical uh, colleagues, but there certainly is a sense of God bringing the fruit. Um, yeah. yeah, it's a funny one. I think cathedrals, by nature, pragmatically, are very, they're very big. They take a lot of running. Pragmatically, yeah. they need people through the door. They need to be able to keep the heating on. <laughs> um, cathedrals, In that line, also interestingly, take a role in civic stuff, Um, and so they necessarily have these big services that come through, and that brings people through the door. But you can do services till the cows come home. You can swing incense. You can have concerts. You can do whatever. And if God doesn't touch the work, that doesn't touch hearts, it's the laborers' labor in vain. You Mm. know, if the Lord doesn't come, if the Spirit doesn't touch hearts, the laborers' labor in vain. Uh,
1: I, I think it's interesting, I, I and mean, we we uh, we tend towards doing a bit of a sort of comparison of the the churches, mm. don't we? But actually, like the cathedral sort of exemplifies um, that style of worship, that mm. very kind of formal um, processional. I you can say anglo Catholic, but I, I expect yeah. the cathedral would just call it Anglican, wouldn't it? Like yeah, this is probably. Anglican. Um, worship how it's meant to be done or at least how they are meant to do it as a cathedral they m- exemplify that and it's big it's um, it's got high production values yep um but actually the charismatic church is exactly the same <laughs> when you go to the big Yep. charismatic churches that Absolutely. are the beacons that are almost like the cathedrals of charismaticism yeah. and it's just different things it's yeah. the band has to be professional and um, you have paid musicians yep. like you would with the <laughs> choir yep. in the cathedral and yeah. everything runs to time yeah. and everything's planned out and it's i wonder there's something about just that like the the prominent nature of of the church in both those traditions actually tends towards this professionalism mm. for, for good or bad. There's, I think yeah. there's good and bad things in that. Um, but it strikes me that there's also a lot of similarities between the two, even though they Absolutely. look so different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: I think that's a great point and really touches on one of the struggles that I have navigating the two dis- the two types of church, mm. to call it that. And that's mission. In an, a big evangelical church, often the Mission, not always, but often, is go and tell,
2: mm.
3: come to worship, make worship an approachable place where people can come and connect with God, but also go and tell, go out. Yeah. Whereas in Anglo-Catholic expressions of church, mission is so often come and see, yeah. come in and see how we do things and meet God here, and that's a tension that yeah. I find between the two.
4: Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. In in cathedrals, certainly, there's um, currently seems to be quite a lot of growth mm, in numbers yeah, there of is. people attending cathedrals um, as their church. Um, how have you found that experience? You know, not, not being the person on the show, yep. um, but being a member of the body of Christians that make up the congregation yeah. of the cathedral.
3: Um, we're recording this in January, so we've obviously just had Christmas, mm. and Christmas was such an amazing example of that. Um, we are, by national standards, quite a small cathedral, and yet we had over a thousand people in a service, people queuing around the block at Christmas, Christmas Eve, midnight mass, Amazing. no empty seats, and it was just phenomenal. Given what I said about faithfulness and fruitfulness, I want to be clear that I don't equate the number of people with fruit, yeah. but I do equate it yeah. with people having a hunger to yeah. connect with God. And yes, part of that is nostalgia and family tradition. But it was incredible. It was incredible seeing what something like revival looks like in a cathedral packed out and there's children everywhere and people are excited to be in a place of worship and there is an energy. And I think we have questions moving on as a staff team about... What does it look like to create a space where those people feel welcome to come in those numbers all year round? Mm, yeah. Because there is a, a big discrepancy between yeah. our regular Sunday congregation yeah. and, and Christmas.
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: I don't know how to get there, but I do know that it is so exciting that even in a nation full of divisions, there is still pockets of there are still moments where we come together and we worship and we're in God's house and it is exciting. You get a vision yeah. of heaven
4: it's really cool <laughs> incredible thank you Emma right. for it's coming great. and sharing is yeah. there anything else you wanted to say before mm. we uh, well we're not going to say goodbye to you no no but before we sort of finish talking about your experience of, of uh, the cathedral and, and uh, styles of churchmanship and that sort of stuff
3: yeah just one thing uh, and that would be to say I've seen both big evangelical little evangelical little Anglo-Catholic big Anglo-Catholic and we've got so much to learn from each other. Yeah. There is so much beauty in our expressions of worship. In an earlier episode, Kath talked about the other. And we need to be so careful not to other each other because we're <laughs> yeah. God's people. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
3: And the ways that we worship are rich, varied, beautiful, infuriating, and they give him glory and we can learn from each other.
4: Yeah. yeah. And that is the church, isn't it? Yeah. All of those things. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you. That's been really inspiring, really exciting. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing your experience. And uh, yeah, telling yeah, us all about what
2: you've learned.
1: Yeah. Where's Emma gone? She was just no, here. No idea. We, we've lost her. I
0: get to the toilet for eight days, guys. You could have kept her entertained for a little bit longer.
1: Goodness me. Yes. Do, wow. Do. Emma um, is no longer with us. She's no lo-
0: well, I mean, she, she is, is with us. <laughs> us.
4: In the sort of greater I'm not spreading sense. any rumour about yeah, it. Yeah, no, Emma is very much still with us. There was East a little college. thing, actually, in the Church Times this week about a guy uh, who was, uh, like, erroneously recorded as having died. Because he had the same name as another vicar who had died, and they put a little obituary in. And this week they had to say, Nope, sorry, the other one. <laughs> he hasn't <laughs> <which> actually died. <laughs> Emma That's is great. still with
1: us. Just yes. we, did, we had to sort of abandon ship with the end of our uh, podcast, didn't we? Yes.
0: And, uh, but it's okay. We're, it's okay. We're back. We're back, and we're just finishing it off. Yeah. And it's all good. So we're on to the news section. I'm sure what you talked about of Emma was great. And when I hear about this podcast i 'll also agree with that really statement good. yeah um, emma 's great, so i 'm sure it was good yeah um, we haven 't got much time left though, so no. what we should what we should do is uh, unpack something about the news, and I guess you guys have had the revelation module going on in your uh, lives, and you 've been enjoying seeing it happen in real time fires in Australia, uh, locust plagues in Africa, um, Donald Trump still being a thing. <laughs> um, what else is there? A uh, coronavirus.
2: coronavirus you it's know? all connected yeah. with revelation, aren't they? <laughs> yeah,
0: they're all connected with rev- revelation. So we need to be very uh, aware of of the stuff that's going on in our world, and that we might possibly in be in the end times. Yeah. And if Left Behind series has anything to to go on, we probably are. <laughs> yeah. But for everyone else who actually knows theology, probably disagrees with that statement, and yeah. you'd be right to. Yeah. But um, we also thought. Uh, Actually, a really good thing to pray about, based on our whole podcast, would be unity unity of the church, especially across the the breadth of the Anglican Communion, as we are uh, firm advocates for, and Emma coming in and giving us her cathedral experience, and loving that sort of high church vibe, and us all thinking,
2: um,
0: we still don't quite get it. But nevertheless, we are the one church. Yeah, you know, we are one body. We say that in our creed. We we believe that to be true. Um, and I um
1: yeah, I was talking with a friend of mine the other day, uh, who's not, um, so much involved in church stuff. But he said it seems to him that like, the, the church is seem to be like fighting amongst themselves a yeah. lot more than they're like, yeah. Um, against or fighting with other with yeah. other people, yeah. and that is uh, really sad. I think. Um, I think. Yeah, it's a big distraction, isn't it, from like what
4: we ought to be about? And I think, like you say, like when people see this in fighting and and people kind of being against each other, who should be for each other? Yeah, it's it's kind of I don't know. If we can't get over that, <laughs> then yeah, what are we doing? They yeah. will
0: know They will know you're my disciples for the way that you love one another. Yeah. yeah. And yet we can't even get past our differences that are, most of the time, difficult to get past anyway. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're so deeply rooted in um, not knowing the um, perfect answer. Like, mm. we all come to Jesus. We all believe that it's through Jesus. Yeah. yeah, sure, some people are a bit liberally loose on what that means, but it still points to Jesus, and, and we kind of... We have to be different, bear with each other, forbearance being a gift that we're supposed to carry, and model that to the world. Because yeah, exactly. I read another article, very similar principle, is a guy who was saying, "Let these Christians sort out their their differences before they start talking to us about what why they're so important and why yeah. what they have to yeah. say matters."
1: Exactly. So I guess our um encouragement to each other and the listeners this week we won't spend a lot of time talking about it and um, no. that that was it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was all the time encouragement you to out. to keep praying for unity and keep seeking unity wherever you are and with those people who are who are near you and like you but also the people who are near you and not like you yeah, yeah. and embrace involved enfolding willie james
0: jennings we need to enfold into each other and that's yeah. not just a race thing that's a church yeah. thing that's a yeah. community yeah. thing
1: yeah so exactly good. But, um let's sum up what we've done anyway we It was awesome to have Emma here. We had a good chance to chat. We weren't talking about unity, but we were exploring her experience of kind of different um different ends or different wings of of the church and mm. different churchmanship and how that's worked in her life and um, that was really, really really helpful and interesting. We talked about a song, uh, the song Waymaker," which has been going around lately and um and we really liked it we, did. we had a few questions about um how it's being used and a bit about the music industry particularly but but as a song really there was a, rant. There was a rant. There was a rant there was a rant i apologize light, <laughs> light rant. a decent jay rant which we love um, <laughs> and and of course who could forget the uh moment that was um jay and patrick crimping and yeah. uh, I'm looking forward to next week because I'm moment. sure you guys uh, will uh, will you know be preparing a theology crimp like Oh, a yes. Bible crimp. Oh
2: yes. We should do that. <laughs> mm. Anyways,
1: um it's been good. Thanks for listening. Who's going to finish us up with a prayer? Yeah. I us. will I will bless
0: no, I the, Lord will bless, the Lord will bless us. The Lord will bless us. I have no power to bless <laughs> us. Yeah. Uh, only <laughs> only in my own words. However, the Church of England being great as it is gives us night prayer and make sure that our wording is correct. And it ends with this. The Lord bless us and watch over us. The Lord make his face shine upon us and be gracious to us. The Lord look kindly on us and give us peace.
2: Amen. Amen.